Amen, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And just please keep it open there. All right. Uh, now, in this chapter, uh, Joshua 6, we read the account of the fall of Jericho. Uh, the Israelites, they have a new leader. His name is Joshua. And they're making their way to the promised land. A few chapters earlier, they had just crossed the Jordan River miraculously. And the Israelites are confronted by the city of Jericho. Now, they could have gone around this city but that may have meant that, that they will be attacked from the backside. Or the city may have become a fortress for their enemies. doesn't really matter what the reason is for why they decided to confront Jericho. But it didn't matter if there were all these different reasons. Because God commands Joshua in chapter 5 to capture the city. So you know, God appears uh, to Joshua as the commander of the Lord's army. And in chapter 6... God commands him to take the city. Now, we, uh, our sister Diane read earlier, verses 1 through 5, uh, the instructions that God gives to the Israelites for sacking the city of Jericho are a little bit unorthodox. God tells them to march around the city once while they follow these priests who are carrying the ark and trumpets. God tells them to march once each for six days. Then on the seventh day, God commands them to march around the city, not once, but seven times. Look at verse 5. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So God gives us very unorthodox instructions for taking the city of Jericho. Uh, let me, can you lower the volume a little bit? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord one. Praise the Lord two. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. All right. So God gives these instructions. And now what happened? Look, look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. As soon as the seventh day. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Hallelujah. I'm here today to tell you, the people of God, I'm here to tell y'all that we need to learn how to shout to the Lord. We, as a people of God, New Philly, if we're going to rise up and become an army of mighty warriors, mighty warriors, they got to know how to shout. Hallelujah. Now, let me begin by saying, waiting on the Lord quietly is very important. You know, in an age of information overload and living in a silly city of pali pali, you know, everything here is pali pali, you know. You know, back in America, you know, if something, if I ordered a package online and it came in like two weeks, I would be pretty satisfied. 
Right. But here, if it doesn't arrive by the second day, man, I'm making phone calls. Take me out to show. Right? I mean, here, the city is fast here with Bali Bali. Alright. Although we live in this Bali Bali city, we need to learn how to be still, right? And to hear his still small voice. There is a time when we need to learn how to be quiet before the Lord. And then there are times when being quiet is not enough. There are times when it is not enough to just pray or to sing or to quote scripture. Why? Because there is a time when the people of God need to learn how to shout unto the Lord. There are certain things that take place in the unseen realm that can only be loosed through a mighty shout. Hallelujah. You know, some people might be sitting there and thinking, well, that's just not me. I don't shout. This is not my personality. I'm, 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 a very, I'm not a very expressive person. Well, let me just say right now that shouting unto the Lord is not a personality thing. No, sir. Some people might say, I can't shout amen during a service. That's African-American. Okay. Now, I'm here to say to you that it's not a black thing either. Let me, let me be real with y'all right here. Right? Shouting ain't a black thing. Okay, it's not a personality thing. It is a faith thing. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. Therefore, if shouting unto the Lord is a faith thing, then it's something that God's people, we need to get used to. Amen. We need to live by faith. And I'm telling you right now, shouting unto the Lord is a faith thing. Some of you are living right, doing right. You're obeying and you're serving the Lord. But it feels like life has put you on call waiting. You just feel like you're living life on hold. You feel overdue for a breakthrough. You feel like you are on the horizon of your promised land, but there's something that's keeping you back. What you need is not more obedience or prayer or prophecy. What you may need to do is shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we need to learn how to boldly proclaim that our inheritance is on its way. We need to learn how to let our enemies know That we are entering into glorious freedom. We need to loudly declare that God is good. And that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Sometimes it is the shout that pushes us over into victory. Some of you may be still sitting there and saying, I can't shout. I can't shout loud in public. That's embarrassing. I can't shout aloud in private. That's awkward. <laughs> Look, Joe Olstein said it like this. If you want to go somewhere where you've never been, you got to be willing to do something you've never done. Hallelujah. If you want to enter your promised land, shout unto the Lord. 
in the Amplified Version of the Bible, Psalm 47 verse 1 says, Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. I thought it was just a Hillsong United song, but <laughs> Amplified Bible got there first. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Some of you might be thinking, why we got to shout unto the Lord? What, he can't hear us? Of course he can. Right? To be, to be clear, God even hears us when we make the smallest whisper. But like I said before, shouting unto the Lord is not a personality thing. Okay? It's not a pragmatic thing either. Okay? It is a faith thing. We don't do it for the practical reason of being heard. No. Shouting is a faith thing. When we shout, we're not just letting our words be heard. We are letting our faith be heard. Hallelujah. Got to learn how to shout. And what is our faith saying? Our faith is saying, no matter what the circumstances may be, I declare that God's favor is surrounding me like a shield. No matter what the doctor's reports are, I stand on God's promises for healing. Hallelujah. No matter how long I waited, I decree that my breakthrough and blessing are on their way. When we shout unto the Lord, we are announcing to the spirit realm that something good is about to take place. You know, I remember in college, I went to my first Yankees game. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right. It's all good. Uh, and um, during my first game, for six innings, man, it was like nothing was happening. You know, nothing eventful was taking place, man. Baseball games can get really boring fast. So I got up, and I decided to go get a snack. So while I was standing in line for a hot dog, Yankee Stadium just erupted with a loud cheer. It's like the most horrible feeling in the world. I have run back in, and I just missed somebody hitting a home run. A few minutes later, the game was quiet again, and I just had to really go to the restroom. So while I'm at the urinal, I hear another eruption from the stadium. I ran back to find out I had missed another home run. Each of those shouts and cheers were an indication that something good had taken place. Someone may say to me, well, Pastor Christian, I'll be glad to lift up a shout when something good, after something good takes place in my life. Well, check it out. If you ever been to a sports game and observed a good home crowd, especially in college games, the home crowd will shout and cheer for their team even when nothing good is happening. There's something the church can learn from these from these sports games. Hallelujah. Think about it. Why would the home crowd do this? Okay. Because it's because through their cheer, they are declaring to their opponents that a victory is about to take place. That's like Matt off key too. I'm sorry. Yeah, pe- people shout and they cheer, man. If you go to, uh, Yongo, Yongo, uh, Yongojun, man, it's crazy, man. I went to Yongojun like five, four, four years ago. 
I had the biggest migraine in the world. But they just kept shouting and cheering the whole time. Actually, that has, I cannot draw an analogy from Yonggo Joint because they weren't even watching the game. They were just, it was like a cheer competition. Oh, man. But uh, anyway, look, when we shout, we are declaring to the heavenlies that a victory is about to take place. See, the vision of our church is to raise up mighty warriors. And if you watch the movie Gladiator or Braveheart, you would see that mighty warriors used to shout to declare to their opponents that a victory is about to take place. They don't shout after the victory. They shout before the victory. Hallelujah. The shout of an army of mighty warriors will lose confusion in the enemy camp. It will cause their hearts to melt. That's exactly what happened when Gideon's 300 men in Judges chapter 7 went to war against thousands and thousands, hundreds and thousands of Midianite troops. 300 men against probably hundreds and thousands of troops. Do you know how they attacked them? They ran into the enemy's camp shouting. And they shouted so loud it loose confusion that the Midianites started to turn on each other. And then they just watched the victory as the Lord went to work. Brothers and sisters, you may be facing an enemy of sickness, a spirit of despair, some kind of addiction. Instead of getting down and discouraged and grumbling, get into the presence of the Lord and shout. Say, hallelujah! Lord, you are my healer! I don't care what them doctors say. I don't even like them doctors. I like you, Lord! You are my healer. You are my provider. The economy is saying, the economists are saying it's going to get worse. But Lord, you will prosper your children in the famine. Hallelujah. You are my deliverer. I've had this addiction for so many years. And you know what? It's about time it breaks off my life. Hallelujah. You are my deliverer. You are my deliverer. Hallelujah. It's okay. When you start shouting, you get, you get, you don't know what the words are coming out sometimes. It's okay, but you know, God sees your heart. You just got to shout sometimes. Hallelujah. We need to come in agreement with the word of God and shout on to God with a voice of triumph and declare to Satan, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, some people, they get attacked by the enemy and they say, oh, I'm getting attacked by the enemy again. Lord, why is this happening to me? Hey, 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 prayer team, can you pray for me? I'm just, I'm just getting so beat up. I have all these weird symptoms. won't go away. I'm all, I'm all filled with anxiety and fear. And sometimes I just want to shake people up like that. I just be like, look, man. You just need to shout on to the Lord. You just need to declare the victory before it comes. You need, you need to get a grip. Hallelujah. Encourage yourself in the Lord. All right. Because you inside, you're a mighty warrior. Not only are you going to help yourself get free, you're going to help others get set free. Brothers and sisters, don't wait to shout till after the victory. It don't take much faith to do that. Any dud can shout after the victory. Okay? 
It takes faith to shout before the victory. If 2010 is going to be the year of epic faith, then you need to learn how to shout unto the Lord before the victory. Amen? Amen. Yesterday, I saw a clear demonstration of this type of faith. When Pastor Marcus was at the office and he was fasting lunch. The rest of us, we started eating. And then the smell of pizza began to permeate Marcus's senses. And in order to be victorious over his appetite, I noticed my brother, he went into his room, closed the door, and he began to praise and shout unto the Lord. Lord, I'm hungry for you, Lord. You're all I need, Lord. Hallelujah. He was shouting before the victory. You know, a lot of people come to our church and they wonder why New Philly is so loud. Uh, uh, I'm kind of afraid maybe Tina's parents are thinking that right now. What kind, of, what kind of church are you a part of? Why are these young people so loud? Why do people clap and shout in the middle of praise? Man, people singing so loud I can't hear myself. Uh, let me just make it real clear. All right. We're not loud because we gathered up a bunch of loud people when we made church. Okay. And we're not loud for the sake of being loud. Some people misunderstand us like that. Okay. These are, I'm, I'm going to give you three reasons why it's so loud here at our church. I'll tell you why it's loud. Number one, Jesus is risen. And he is our soon and coming king. And if you read the book of Revelation, guess what? They are shouting. In heaven, they are shouting. And God wants shouting to be on the earth as well. Hallelujah. Just right there. Just the fact that Jesus died and rose again for us. That is reason enough for us to jump, shout, clap onto the Lord. Hallelujah. But we have two more reasons. <laughs> Number two, it's because of the fire. The fire of God. If you do not know what that means, ask somebody. Okay. I'm not going to go into it. That's a different message. But man, when the fire comes upon you, man, it's very hard to be quiet. For people who used to be real reserved in their worship, after they get the fire, they get a real strong impartation of the fire, they just they just stare like it's like a totally different person. Just praise and worship God. Because the Spirit of God comes upon them with power. Number three. A lot of the people here understand that when we shout to the Lord, something gets loosed in the spirit realm. And we try to teach our leaders right here. You don't go with the flow. You set the flow. Hallelujah. A lot of people, you go into a quiet service, then they sing quietly. But I encourage the people and the leaders of this church, you go to a quiet service, all right, you turn it around. You set the tone. You let everybody know in there, not for the sake of letting them know, but you just bless the Lord. Why would you let the people in that room keep you from worshiping and blessing the heart of God? 
people here understand that we govern the activity of angels by the release of faith in our shouts. The atmosphere shifts from death to life, from religion to relationship, from mourning to joy, from fear to faith, from natural to supernatural. Breakthrough gets released. Favor falls. Signs, wonders, miracles break up, up, uh, show up. Hallelujah. Instead of taking matters into our own hands, when we shout, we invite God into the battle. We invite God to fight our battles. If you think New Philly is not normal, read your Bible. I'll tell you what's not normal. Okay, If you read the scriptures, here's what's normal. Psalm 71 verse 23. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. Ask yourself right now, when is the last time I shouted for joy? Maybe someone in here won the lottery. Maybe you, you became, you got a yellow ticket to go to Hollywood for American Idol. Man, we're watching that show with me and my wife, and people shout when they get that yellow ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Family's like, oh, they got it. Psalm 84, verse 1. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Psalm 95, 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come on, everybody. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Uh, That sounded like a joyful noise. This is what's normal. I don't know what kind of worship you've been part of. But I'm just trying to follow what the Word of God is telling me. Word of God is setting the tone. Word of God is shaping for us what worship should look like. I'm telling you, sometimes worship is loud. Some people may still say, well, this is not what I'm used to. It's a little too crazy for me. Makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if I'll be back. God bless you. You know, I, I, I hope that you guys, whoever you are, you, you will continue to come out. Don't judge just through the natural eyes. Be discerning. Look through spiritual eyes. Look at the fruit that's coming out from this church. And what you will see is what we got here, we got, we got, we got good fruit of substance. It's not just people trying to appear holy, Christian, religious. People are living transformed lives in this church. They are living for the Lord. They're stepping out in faith. They're seeing miracles, favor. They're, they're, they're excited about their assignments and purposes. Well, this is a little too crazy for me. I don't know about this still. I'm just not used to this. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, um, I'm really looking forward to 2010 because 2010 is World Cup year. You know, ever since 2002, Korea has got a bad case of World Cup fever. Man, if you were here in 2006, I went to City Hall and it was packed. Okay, 
you, you could not move. Like, I was getting carried by five ajumas that were all like shoulder to shoulder with me. I, my feet were not touching the ground. It was packed, man. People just came out. It wasn't even like a very good big screen jumbotron TV. You couldn't really even see. But people just, just had World Cup fever. And Aaron and I were watching TV recently, and we saw a recap video of the Korea team's miraculous run to the Final Four in 2002. And it reminded me of when I watched the Italy game. Y'all remember the Italy game? Yeah. An Jong-wan, right? <laughs> I watched it, I think it was like 4 in the morning in a New York City Korean restaurant called Gumgansan. And we were just on the edge of our seats the whole time. All right? And in overtime, when Korea scored the golden goal, okay, it did not matter who you were. <laughs> Little children, teens, college students, ajushis, ajumas, harmonies, harabajis, everybody was shouting at the top of their lungs. They're like, yeah! Deamingo! Oh, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And I was right up in the middle of it. I have never felt so good to be Korean. People jumping up and down. Strangers giving each other hugs. Some dude like kissed me or something. And then when we went outside, people were parading through 32nd Street like they owned it. All these like, all these like, you know, American police officers were coming out. They were like, what's going on? Koreans just coming out, and all these like, uh, there's like a hotel there on 30 seconds. All these like foreigners are like looking out the window. They're like, what's going on? They're like, Mingo, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and everyone's all up in there. Man, it's crazy. Everybody went crazy for the Korea team. Well, you know what? These are the same people. Following day, they wore their little three-piece suits and went to their office jobs. Real quiet throughout the day. These are the same people that are real reserved through Sunday services. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, everybody's crazy. Everybody's a little crazy about something. It's normal. And you know what? My mind's made up. If I'm going to be crazy about something, I'm going to be crazy about Jesus. In the words of David, I will become even more undignified than this. Because my God is good. I don't care. I'm going to let the world know. You know, for those who are new and they're not used to all this shouting and clapping during Sunday service, let me just propose this to you. Why don't you get used to our service and get uncomfortable with all them stiff services out there? That's my proposal. Get used to this and get uncomfortable with that. Because look, we ain't changing. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's too much chaos, disorder here. Now, hold on, hold on. Our services are not filled with chaos and disorder. Okay, It may appear that way. It's just called passion. All right, let me tell you right now. Do not make, or don't mistake your discomfort for disorder. Okay. There's no disorder here. Our church has got a clear leadership structure. If something happens here, 
we will be discerning and we will take responsibility for it. Don't tell me about, it's too crazy here, it's all chaotic. Nah. Nah. It's just the people of God experiencing the freedom of God in His presence. You know, in Matthew 21, people were shouting as Jesus entered Jerusalem. They were shouting. Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, I'm going to start coming. I'm going to be on this donkey now. All right, as I come into the city, all y'all going to shout. All right, you hear me? You better shout. Matthew, shout. Thomas, I know you're, not, you're quiet, but I want you to shout this time. Now, he didn't do none of that. He just, he just entered the city. And guess what the people did? They said, Hosanna! Hosanna! I, I don't know who started it, but someone, Hosanna! They're like, yeah! Hosanna! Hosanna! Little children jumping around, Hosanna! 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 And these Pharisees, man, the Bible says they were indignant. Indignant. Hello. <laughs> They were indignant when they saw this. And they commanded Jesus, hey, hey, rebuke your disciples. You know what Jesus said? He said, if they're quiet, the rocks will cry out in their place. <laughs> Pharisees <are> like, huh? <laughs> now back to my point. Now, um, I remember as a seventh grader, I went to a retreat. And I saw a praise band called Alpha Omega lead worship. Okay. It was not the type of worship I was used to. So initially, it made me uncomfortable. But through that four-day retreat, as I tasted the presence of God in this worship experience, going back to normal Sunday service was what became uncomfortable for me. You know what I mean? Some of y'all who grew up in youth group, you know what I'm talking about. Just like, oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. And you, you experienced it at the retreat and you try to bring it back home. Everybody's like, hey, man, stop being, stop being so loud. Can't hear myself. <laughs> and they just, they just, they just kind of, they're like a joy kill, you know. I remember later as a college student, worshiping when my mentor, Brother Michael, was in the room. He came out to a few uh, KCCC events. And uh, when he first started worshiping with us at, at a church in 32nd Street where I used to go, we'll be just worshiping, you know. I remember the oldie songs, you know. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Come on, everyone, sing loud. Sing from your hearts. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone's excited. Uh, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all. It's all about you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. That's exactly how he did it, too. He would lift it up all suddenly. <laughs> Didn't give us all any warning. It wasn't what I was used to, and it made me very uncomfortable. But you know what? As I continued to worship with him in, in, in the room, I started paying attention to the spirit realm. And I noticed that as he would shout and clap onto the Lord, it would stir up my spirit to worship God with more passion. And then in the room, people would just start crying. Because for them, that was a manifest presence of God. They have been to churches where they couldn't tell if God was even a, a real. 
And then they step into a church and there's one person that's definitely shouting and he's doing his faith thing. And something to do with shift in the spirit realm. And after a while, when I would go to when I go back and I go to worship services with no clapping and shouting, that became uncomfortable for me. Bottom line, scripture should be our standard for worship. And when you look at the Bible, I'm sorry, but shouts of joy are normal in the Bible. When the Pharisees told Jesus, right? Oh, I already mentioned that point. I'm not, I'm not going to read that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Check this out. The only person that wants you to shut up is Satan. If he can have it his way, you will hear a pin drop in the presence of God. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. There are times when we need to just be still. And there's an awesome presence sometimes that just, it just hushes everybody up. And, then, and people just start crying like sporadically. And you're just like, whoa, God is here. <laughs> I, I'm not disregarding that. I'm telling you, if Satan had it his way, he would want all of you to shut your mouth. And we know what? We buy into it all the time. He knows that faith, he knows how much faith is released when people shout onto God. It does not take much faith for you to just stand there and keep your mouth shut. You know, in today's passage, when the Israelites were about to go into the promised land and Jericho stood in their way, they couldn't go around it. They had to go through it. And you know what? In life, what you notice is that between you and your destiny, there will always be a Jericho. Between you and your promised land, you're always going to confront Jerichos. And what you got to understand is you got to get through it. If you will connect to what the Lord is saying, he will show you what to do. And uh, some people, they just want to avoid it. They want to go around it. And you, we need to really get through it. And we got to either, we got to defeat the Jerichos in our life or those Jerichos are going to come back and they're going to defeat you. If you have like a certain secret sin or bondage or addiction, I'm telling you right now, that Jericho needs to fall. That stronghold needs to go. Whether, it, it, whether you get prayer, you get discipleship, you get accountability, whatever it takes, you need those Jericho walls to come down. And you'll notice these Israelites, they obeyed the Lord, they marched around Jericho six times, once each for six days. Right, they obeyed the Lord. It proved that their faithfulness by their obedience. But it was not enough. It was the shout that provided that knockout punch. You ever see like a good boxing match and two heavyweights are just going at it? Uh, if you YouTube like um, Rumble in the Jungle, Thriller in Manila, all right, these are some of the best fights ever in boxing history. And Muhammad Ali, man, the craziness, man. You see this boxing and they're just slugging it away and you think, man, somebody's got to somebody, somebody follow. Somebody's going to, you know, and nothing's happening. But they're both going toe to toe. 
And all of a sudden, what looks like just like any other punch, boop, hits the chin. And the person just goes down. It's like that knockout punch, you know what I'm saying? And the shout unto God is like that knockout punch. Now, you can't just go around shouting everything, right? Well, you, you, got to, you got to follow the voice of the Lord and you got to obey and, and do and be faithful. But where that comes a point, that saturation point where you're like, this is my time. This is my time. This is my seventh day. Then you need to shout unto God. Well, it's not my personality. Get over it. Man, God, I think God delights the most when reserved people shout unto God. I know it, it trips me out. I love it. I love it. I'm, somebody, hallelujah. I'm like, well, who's that? I think that was Roy. <laughs> that's, that's some faith going on. That's the Holy Spirit right there. I love it, man. I think God loves it too. And I'm telling you, as we shout unto the Lord, chains of addiction be, are loose, lawsuits become dissolved, bondage gets broken, curses are being nullified, limitations are lifted. Hallelujah. And as a body, as a church together, there is, there is something powerful that happens when we shout unto God together. Uh, on the count of three, let's just, let's just try it out. All ready? All right. KM will be like, what's going on up there? <laughs> count of three, we just shout unto God. Just, just praise Him for all the amazing things He has done in 2009. Are you ready? I want everybody in on this. All the people looking angry at me. All right, I want you to go from this. To, yeah! Just break it loose. All right. One, two, three. Shout! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, I think Tina's parents are about to get up and leave. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that sh- uh, a shout is some kind of magic formula. You got a problem, shout five times and your problems go away. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying if, is... If 2010 is going to be your year of epic faith, you got to learn how to magnify God rather than your problems. When we've been sowing into a certain prayer topic, and man, when you know it's your seventh day, then I want, you, I want to encourage you all, shout out to the Lord and loose your breakthrough. You know, and I'm, in closing, I'm going to talk about four kinds of shouts that I want you all to remember. Four kinds of shouts. Number one, it's from Luke 18, 39. Number one is the shout of desperation. In Luke 18, 39. I'm going to turn there real quick. Luke 18, 39. There's a blind man. He's a blind beggar. And as he's begging there, somebody says, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And I'm sure by this time he heard the testimonies. He heard about Jesus. So well, guess what he does? Verse 38, uh, Luke 18, 38. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And the Bible says those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to shut up, telling him to be silent. But when they said that, he cried all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me! So Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought. When he came near, he asked, what do you want me to do for you? Everyone's like, uh, Jesus, he's blind. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, you know, Jesus, you know, it's a load of questions. He knows what he's doing here, right? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. What faith? Jesus, where did you see this faith? It was some shouts of faith. When he was shouting, he was shouting a shout of desperation. You know, some of us, we get through a real tough time. We, get to, we come to a real tough place. And we, see, we like know all the answers. And we're like, oh, I know what I need to do to get better. And you come to a real tough place. What you really need to do is be like this blind beggar. What you need is to just shout a shout of desperation. You want to get loosed from that place of depression, that place where you're just down and out, hopeless. Tell you, you just shout a shout of desperation. And you might be like, I don't know if God's going to hear me. Oh, he'll hear you. All these people were telling him to shut up. But Jesus still heard him out. And he said, bring, bring that man over to me. Sometimes we just got to lift up a shout of desperation. You know what I'm saying? There is a time and a place where this is just so fitting. This is the only thing that will get you to your breakthrough. We just need to get rid of all our pride, embarrassment, whatever. Just get over it and shout unto God for his help. For he will come to your rescue. Second kind of shout, Psalm 20 verse 5, is a shout of joy. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, man, I, I remember back in year 2000, I saw David Crowder lead the song, Make a Joyful Noise. It's the first time we heard it. We were all college students. Nobody had ever heard the song before. And he's like, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Make a joyful noise. And people are like, after like he sang it like twice, make a joyful noise. People are like, yeah, let's make a, yeah! Unto the Lord. Yeah! But I'm telling you right now, all them calls, it was very foreign to us because we were not used to the shout of joy. We didn't grow up in church, pastor saying, hey, hey, come on, let's lift up a shout of joy in the house today. You know, no, the pastor, what did he do? Hey, sit down and shut up. Listen to the sermon. No, don't, you ain't going to the bathroom. Sit down. Stop talking to your friend. Right? That's all you, all you get when you're growing up in church. We never, we never were told to do a shout of joy. So here's David Crowder singing a song that, you know, who knows if he even knows how to do a shout of joy. 
And people are like, hey, we got to, we got to, we, let's, let's do what this song is, is singing. You know, let's not blindly sing the song. Let's just actually lift up a joyful noise. And so people are like, yeah. And we were, well, but it was very awkward. <laughs> we were not used to shouts of joy. Let me tell you right now. We need to get used to the shout of joy. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And some people are like, well, I rejoice in my heart. I rejoice in him. All right, so there's a time for that too. But man, sometimes when you rejoice in the Lord, you just got to let it show. Hallelujah. Tell you right now, when I was at my wedding day, I just want to rejoice. You know what? I was kind of holding back. I was holding back because I just become a pastor and I didn't want people, you know, I don't want to be disqualified from being a pastor. But man, I wanted to shout. I wanted to shout. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Woo. I I just want to let it out. I did, man. I was just praying in the spirit, man. I was just filled with joy. And there's this funny YouTube clip, actually. It's like a America's Funniest Home video clip. And there's an African American couple. They're getting they're getting married in like a spirit filled church. And then the, the 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 groom he's got this white suit like this white tux on, and he's got these sunglasses. And it looks real cool, right? And then and in the video he just the Holy Spirit starts coming on him. He's like, oh! oh, oh, oh. And the and the, uh, the the presider's like, uh, repeat after me. And he's like, oh, oh, hallelujah. That's how I was feeling on my wedding day. Sometimes you got to let the short shout of joy out. You got to let it out and rejoice in Him. Even when you don't got a reason to rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. And sometimes you might be like, well, I just did a shout of joy and I don't feel anything. All right, well, do it again. Come on, do it until you get that smile on your face. <laughs> That's a shout of joy. And number three is a shout of praise. Ezra verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says that after they lay down the walls of the temple, or, or uh, yeah, it was the walls of the temple, and what they get, all gathered together, and the Bible says, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, he is good. His love endures. His love to Israel endures forever. And then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. These people, man, they were exiles. They were just coming back to their own land. They, they just, they were not used to these shouts of praise. But I'm telling you right now, the spirit of the Lord just came upon all them people. And suddenly they knew something called a shout of praise. And they were shouting unto the Lord. And the Bible actually says that it was like the young people that were shouting the shout of praise. The older folks, they were crying. They were like, oh. Because they had seen the temple in its former glory. They were like, oh, this is nothing compared to what it used to be. But they were so mixed up, nobody could tell the difference what the sound was. It was crying and weeping and shouting and praising. Hallelujah. But it says, we need to learn how to lift up the shout of praise. Like Pastor Marcus was doing the other day. You know? 
Yeah, when you, when you feel tempted to break your fast early, get in your prayer closet and lift up a shout of praise. Lift up a sacrifice of praise with a mighty shout. Yes, your neighbor will be upset if you do it too loud. But hey, if it's like one or two shouts, I bet you they won't come downstairs. If you, if you keep on doing it. But lift up that shout of praise. When, you're in the, man, when I'm in the shower, man, sometimes I'm just in the shower. I just feel something welling up. I'm just like, oh, man, something feel good. Uh, hallelujah! Oh, yeah, that was it right there. I don't even know why I do it, but it feels real right. It feels right. It's a shout of praise. Hallelujah. And if the people of God will learn how to lift up the shout of praise, we will see God show up for all the situations that we need him in. We'll see him shout show up. Number four. Number four is a shout of victory. The shout of victory. When the people of Israel they shouted outside the walls of Jericho. That was a shout of victory. When Jehoshaphat, when he was outnumbered and he went into battle, he lifted up a mighty shout. It was more than just a shout of praise. It was a shout of victory. And he got the victory that day. When Gideon ran down that hill with 300 men, Feeling pretty ridiculous. But he shouted like he already had the victory. And God gave it to him. There is something called a shout of victory. And let me just share with you right now. Do you know where the greatest shout of victory came from? Yeah, it was just, it was, it was probably like this. It was just kind of like quiet like this. And then you had some women crying. Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Hallelujah. People just thought it was just a coincidental earthquake. Oh, I'm telling you. The earth shook because Jesus lifted up a shout of victory at the cross. We can shout for victory because Jesus has won the victory for us. In him, all things are possible. We can lift up a shout of praise and joy because we know that nothing can separate us from God's love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can cry out a shout of desperation in our greatest time of need and know that we will not be ignored, we will not be rejected. Why? Because Jesus went to the cross. Because he bled, he suffered, and he died.
But I'm telling you, right before he died, he lifted up a shout. It took everything out of him. Right after the shout, he yielded up his spirit. The cross of Jesus Christ. Now that's something to shout about. I don't care if nothing's happening in your life. Nothing good you think is happening in your life. There's always a reason to shout. It's the cross. It's the cross. Hallelujah. Right now I'm going to invite everybody. And I want us to shout. Y'all ready for this? In CCC, we do this chant. And all the college students think we're a cult because we do it. It's, no, it's not a cult. It's, it's actually a Korean cultural thing. They do it in Samsung, LG, all the MTs that you go on. It's a Korean thing, but you know what? It's not just a Korean thing. Like I said, when people of God do it, it's a faith thing. So let's all rise to our feet right now. Let's all rise to our feet. Let's lift up a mighty shout together. You know what? Right now, there are people in this room that are in a place of desperation. They need help. They need God to intervene. But for whatever reason, they, they're just afraid to shout for help. That shout of desperation like the blind beggar did. I'm telling you right, we're going to help them out right now. We are all going to lift up a shout of desperation together. And we're going to allow all those people that really need to shout to just come out of the closet. Just let, just be free and let loose. And cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, I need you to intervene in my life. We're going to lift up a shout of desperation together. Y'all ready for this? On the count of three. Let's cry out for the Lord's aid. One. Two, three. Wow. Hallelujah. Some demons shuddering in the room right now. Right now, I want us to lift up a shout of victory. And I want you to lift it up before you get your victory. Before you enter your promised land. Before you see your walls breaking down. Before you get through your Jericho. I want you to lift up a shout 
of victory. Hallelujah. Mighty warriors. Let us lift up a mighty shout to Jesus, the Savior of the world. Come on, let's continue. Worship our God. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days. Come on, people of God. Shout out to the Lord. Sing that again. Sing, my Jesus, my Savior. My Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your Come on, break loose. Lift up your shout, people of God. to the Lord. Shout, Shout to the 
presence and we declare I will not be silent anymore I will not be silent anymore Lord God I pray the mighty warriors of the Lord will be warriors that know how to shout they know how to shout their way to victory they know how to shout to God a shout of praise Shout of joy. And God, we just thank you so much, that Lord, that you look upon, oh God, this sanctuary right now with your loving pleasure. And we just thank you that in this place, even as we are lifting up these physical shouts, there is a spiritual faith that is rising up in God's people, Lord. What used to be normal is shifting, Lord. That which made them uncomfortable before, you are shifting paradigms, Lord. There are other things now that become uncomfortable because, Lord, they're rising up higher in their faith. They're coming up to a higher level in praise and worship. And we just thank you, God. That when we shout, you go to war on our behalf. You scatter our enemies. You dissolve diseases. You are the God who is worthy of all our praise and worship. I just pray, Lord, that every person standing here in 2010, as they learn how to shout to the Lord, that they will come up into higher levels of faith. And from the place of worship, they will find the strength to go out onto the world and make decisions of faith, to take risks that otherwise they would never take, to be led by the Spirit into challenges that they otherwise would not take because of the faith that rises up in them. 
from the shouts they lift up in the worship service, God. Bless your people, God. Bless your people with more faith. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith, Lord. We pray it, Lord. We pray it in the wonderful name of our mighty Savior who lifted up the greatest shout of victory upon that cross. We lift up all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's everyone, let's take our seats. Pastor Marcus will come up and he'll give us our announcements.